Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Sunday, April 26th. I hope you are all having a good day. And this past weekend, we had something happen that we have not seen for months. A sporting event occurred. Now, there was no humans running into other people, no goals being scored, nor touchdowns. However, we had a sporting event. We had a draft. Uh, The NFL draft happened this past weekend. Normally, not very exciting under these current circumstances. Uh, This might as well have been the Super Bowl. I was excited to watch it. I'm assuming a lot of you were too. Uh, So I'm hoping that... So we'll talk a lot about that today. Today we are going to talk all things draft. I'm going to talk about the five winners, the five losers, in my opinion. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about some notable things that happened because it was crazy. So let's start with that. The uh, the draft obviously was different this year. Um, the draft had to be done via Zoom, which is fun because whenever you get a bunch of old whites trying to use the internet, it's usually quite entertaining. Uh, there's usually some stuff that goes wrong, and then uh, you've got you got a lot of people who don't know what they're doing. Much to my dismay, the draft went relatively smoothly. I think it would have been very very entertaining. If something just completely blew up or like the internet and a GM's house stopped working, I think that would have been really fun. Didn't work out, didn't happen that way. Uh, There's not much we can do about it. The draft did have its funny moments, though. For example, Jerry Jones doing the draft from his yacht, telling his uh, scouts to not bother him. He takes the draft from a room in a yacht, which is nicer than any room I have ever been in. That room, I'm assuming it was just like a sitting room. It looked like it was just like a couch with some very, very fancy, expensive lights in back. That was hilarious. Um, Yeah, crazy to see. I mean, I guess not that surprising for Jerry Jones. He does stuff like this all the time. But Jerry Jones takes the draft, does the draft from his yacht. And the Cowboys had a great draft. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Mike Vrabel taking the draft from his house with his kids there. He had... uh, a man in what looked like a spandex suit. Um, his daughter was there, and then there was a kid who you could see if you look very carefully in the reflection and mirror taking a dump in the back. That was quite a funny scene. So Mike Vrabel, great first-round pick. That was very entertaining. Uh, Henry Ruggs, the surprising first wide receiver off the board, was wearing an Old Spice robe. They were told to dress casual, and I do not think you can get any more casual than an Old Spice robe. Um, that's hilarious. I love that Henry Ruggs did that. He's fast. He's showing that he is laid back, showing that he's ready for this NFL season. Surprising he's the first receiver off the board, but I love his fashion choice. Uh, the Goodell outfit change. Halfway through the first round, Roger Goodell decided to change outfits, put on a new shirt, be a little more comfortable. I respect it, but, uh, he, he changed halfway through the draft. And lastly, the Chargers fans, um, they couldn't even get enough Chargers fans to fill up the Zoom. They had a, like, 16-grid Zoom screen where they took, like, 16 grids from all the fans. I, uh, yeah, they took, like, 16 grids, and each grid had, like, a fan section. I don't know what they were trying to do. Roger Goodell was hyping it up. Um, but they didn't even have 16 Chargers fans that they could get to get on Zoom. What a great organization. Hey, they had a pretty good draft. Maybe that draft leads to a couple more fans. But they had, like, they were missing, like, four grids in the Zoom. It was not a good look for Chargers fans. But the Chargers had a good draft. We'll talk about that. 
Okay, without further ado, let's get into it. We'll do the five, my top five winners from the draft, and then we'll have my top five losers. Please note these are my opinions. Uh, you may not agree with these. These are how I think teams did this. Yeah. So let's just hop right into it. At number five for the winners, the Miami Dolphins. Okay, I feel like this goes without saying. If the Miami Dolphins did not royally screw up this draft, they were going to get a spot on this top five list. They had a pick in the top five, and they had five picks in the first two rounds. Every second pick, it felt like Miami Dolphins were picking again. They literally just kept picking. I swear, on their draft board, they just circled half the names, and they were probably going to get most of them. They picked a ridiculous amount. So with their top five pick, they took Tua Tungvaluwa, they tried to set a whole bunch of smoke screens to throw people off the scent that they were going to take him because they did not want to have to give up one of their 80 billion top two round draft picks to move up. So they stayed at five. They threw some smoke screens out that they were not going to be picked. They, they would not take to a tongue of Iloa, but in the end, they did. We knew they loved him. They tried to fly him down for a visit. Not too, too long. Well, actually, I think the day before the quarantine happened, they tried to fly him down. For a visit, I'm assuming so that they could give him a physical. That did not work out. The coronavirus happened and we were all stuck at home. They couldn't get him down for the visit. But that was their top five pick. That's their quarterback of the future. He'll be sitting behind Ryan Fitzmagic, uh, who feels like he's played for every NFL team. And he'll, he can learn a lot from him. I'm assuming he'll sit for his whole first year behind Ryan Fitzpatrick and just try to soak up all that information, as well as get his body right. Uh, I'm assuming the physicians and doctors down there in Miami will do a great job with him getting him right, getting him ready to play again for this next season. The next pick they took with the 17th, I believe they had the 17th pick, they took Austin Jackson, the tackle out of UFC, USC, my bad. I think that's a great pick. I think if you're going to draft a quarterback in the top five, you need to protect him. They took Austin Jackson. That's a big guy. Uh, he should be good for them. I, I think that's a good pick. I think there was a lot of tackles available earlier on in this draft. I would have given up some of that later draft capital and traded up to try to get one of those top four. Like the Georgia guy, Andrew Thomas, Willis, Werfs. Um, I would have traded up. Or the, the tackle that Tampa Bay picked. I can't entirely remember who that was. Um, but I would have traded up to take one of those four tackles as opposed to picking one who's maybe a little less talented, a little less NFL-ready at 17. But they didn't trade up. They kept their picks for later. I don't mind it. I think the idea of drafting a tackle is the right one. So a good one, good choice by the Miami Dolphins. The next one, they took Noah... I can't pronounce his last name. I'm sorry. Noah Igbengohi, uh, the cornerback for Auburn. I... The Miami Dolphins need virtually every position on an NFL roster. I I, th I don't think they had any positions that they were super comfortable with, given the fact that they traded away the entire organization last year, hence the reason they have five picks in the first two rounds. But they took a cornerback. I haven't heard much about this cornerback out of Auburn, but we'll see if their player development is what they say it is down there in Miami. He will probably pan out pretty well. Their next pick, Robert Hunt. They took another O-tackle, so that's two offensive tackles taken in this draft in the first two rounds. Uh, you'll know that your future quarterback, Tua Tungvaluwa, will be well protected. 
I think that's a smart move, especially given his injury history. It's probably a good idea to keep him off the ground. Keep those beautiful white and teal jerseys clean. With their last pick, a late second round pick, they took Roquan Davis, the D lineman out of Alabama. Just a huge human being. Like that guy could swallow me whole. I'm 5'9, a buck 40, and I literally think that like he could swallow me whole. Like that dude could anaconda me and just you would see the lump going down his throat of me going like he's a huge human, which is what you want at D tackle. So I think that's I think that's a good move for Miami. So that concludes Miami fifth. The fourth team, the team I thought did the best, did not have a pick in the first round. The Indi sorry, the Indianapolis Colts are my fourth pick. Uh so they traded their first round pick for DeForest Buckner, which if you uh like E equals M C square here this A equals B uh DeForest Buckner is essentially their first round pick and you can't get much better than an elite defensive lineman. Like this guy's already proven, you know he's good, you have no question marks around him, you don't need to test him physically. So I'm just gonna call it that the Colts first round pick was DeForest Buckner, which as of right now is the best pick in the draft because no one else has played. And then in the second round, they had two second-round picks. They took Michael Pittman, the wide receiver out of UFC. Michael Pittman is huge. I think he's like 6'4", 6'5", and can jump. So he'll be a great weapon for Phillip Rivers, who looked like he was throwing a bit of a medicine ball last year every time he threw a football more than 10 yards down the field. So I think having Michael Pittman, a big, fast, strong, physical wide receiver, will probably help uh, Phillip Rivers out, probably help the Colts have more success. And then in my opinion, the steal of the draft, the Colts picked Jonathan Taylor late second round, the running back out of Wisconsin. I think Jonathan Taylor, best running back in the draft. So now I think you have you have two stud running backs. You have Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. You got Phillip Rivers in the offseason. You got Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton's there. You got the great offensive line, big Q headlining it, best guard in the league. So you 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 you're building quite a potent offense there which is important because they're in the AFC and the Colts are also in the AFC. And I do not think there's a defense that can stop the Chiefs. So in order to beat them, you're going to have to score with them. Let's not question how to beat the Chiefs, though. The Colts did it last year. Okay, on to my third pick for the winners of the draft, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they only they had one pick in the first round, one pick in the second round. With their first round pick, they took Justin Jefferson. Uh Great pick. That guy won a national championship. He was receiving balls from Joe Burrow, which definitely helped him. Anytime you have the Heisman winner, the first overall pick in the draft, throwing you balls, it's going to help your draft stock. Nonetheless, he's big, he's strong, he's physical, and he's pretty fast for a man his size. So I think that's a great pick by the Minnesota Vikings, who dealt Stephon Diggs earlier in the offseason. So I almost think Justin Jefferson's going to be like the replacement for Stephon Diggs. Him and Adam Thielen will make a potent wide receiver core. They also have Mason Rudolph back there. And then they got Dalvin Cook, who's a good young running back still in this draft. I almost would have liked to see them take another running back with their second round pick so they could have that two-headed monster that the Colts now have. But they didn't they didn't they decided not to go that way. In the second round, they went with Jeff Gladney, cornerback, TCU. That makes a little bit of sense. Xavier Rhodes are closed, uh, is getting up there. I'm not sure if he retired this offseason. If not, he will probably retire next offseason, like he's getting up there in age. 
So you're going to want to look to build up that secondary a little bit. You have Trey Waynes, but you're missing a true number one corner, which I think is Jeff Gladney's ceiling. So if he if he could get to that ceiling and become a true number one corner, I think the Minnesota Vikings would be very, very happy with that second round pick. I think it's good. I think it fills a position of need for them. So um, smart pick overall. On to the second team, and this pains me to say because I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And I cannot stand this team, but in my opinion, the Dallas Cowgirls, or the Dallas Cowboys, um, are the second best winners in this draft. Uh, They got C.D. Lamb at 17. I don't know how. I don't, in my opinion, C.D. Lamb, some argue Jerry Judy, some argue uh, C.D. Lamb. Which, by the way, actually, let's take a minute. At 12, Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver to go off the board. Lots of experts had him uh, pegged as the third best wide receiver in this class. And this wide receiver class is stacked. So being third in this wide receiver class, definitely not a fault to you. But uh, a lot of people had Henry Ruggs pegged at third in this wide receiver class. And he went the fusy first wide receiver off the board going to the... Um, Going to the Oakland or the Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders now, John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders. The second wide receiver off the board was Jerry Judy at 15 going to the Broncos. And then C.D. Lamb, the third wide receiver off the board. I seriously thought he was, I think he's fast. I think he's strong. I think he's physical. And I think he's unbelievably elusive in the open field. In my opinion, best wide receiver in this class. And he went at 17 to the Dallas Cowboys. Sucks for me because that means my Philadelphia Eagles have to face him twice a year but that, that that was a great pick great pick by uh, the Cowboys I think C.D. Lamb's a generational talent at wide receiver so we'll see if he pans out but I'm assuming he will I think the Cowboys got one of the steals of the draft in C.D. Lamb and with their second round pick they filled a position of need in the secondary the Cowboys secondary is absolutely abysmal um the Cowboys' secondary follows the same principle as Barack Obama's immigration plan. They just let everybody through. Uh, last year, that that secondary was Swiss cheese. They gave up touchdowns like it was going out of style. The secondary got toasted. Um, we uh, The NFC East, which is not exactly known for being stacked at wide receiver talent, if you know what I mean, was absolutely burning them regularly. So it's good to see the... Cowboys go that direction, try to build up that secondary, help themselves out a little bit here because they need the help in that spot. Uh, lastly, my number one winner for the draft is the Baltimore Ravens. Now you might be like, hold on, how are the Baltimore Ravens the top pick? The Baltimore Ravens had very few holes to fill. The Baltimore Ravens were a team that even though they lost in the divisional round last year, had one of, I think, the best record in the NFL last season. The Baltimore Ravens had the best record in the NFL last season and had very few holes to fill. They lost very few players. I think Baltimore Ravens are the only team in the draft to fill every single hole they needed to. I think that's a better team going into next year. Uh, With their first round pick, obviously late first round, they were a great football team last year. They took Patrick Queen, the linebacker out of LSU. Patrick Queen, he's versatile. He can play inside and outside as well as he can get down on the edge and rush the passer a little bit. I think he's a great pick. He helps out a defense that is already elite. 
Uh, that defense was the best defense in the NFL last year. They were the scariest defense in the NFL last year. And it made it even worse that they had the best running game in the NFL because they had the ball all the time. And then the one time your offense would touch the ball, they'd get run over by a Mack truck because of how good that defense was. With their second round pick, and I think this might be the most unfair thing to happen to the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens picked J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins is like the second best running back in this class. Um, and he ended up on the team with the best running attack and a quarterback who finished fifth in rushing yards. I'm going to repeat that. The quarterback finished fifth in the league in rushing yards, and now they added a generational talent at halfback from the Ohio State. I think that only helps them get better, and that running attack is even better next year, even though they lost Mark Ingram. I think that running attack's even better next year. I think that triple option where they had that Heisman backfield last year with Ingram, uh, Jackson, and RG3 will be even more potent with J.K. Dobbins because he can do it all. He can run through you, run around you, or jump right over you. We saw a number of hurdles out of J.K. Dobbins last year when he was playing for the Ohio State. I think that Baltimore team now becomes scary. They got a year of experience, an extra year of experience under their belt. I think they're primed to make a run to that Super Bowl. I think that AFC is going to be fun to watch for years to come with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback. I think that will be a Brady Manning type of rivalry. I think they'll end up in a lot of AFC championship games for years to come. Now that we've talked about the good, let's talk about the bad. The teams who screwed up, the teams who are uh, no longer, the teams who were bad and made themselves worse, uh, there were a lot of those. There were a lot of very questionable moves in this draft, and watch, in a few days we're going to have, I was hacked, I was hacked, I swear that wasn't my pick, um, but there were a lot of teams who screwed up, let's get on with it. The fifth worst team, the New York Giants. I feel like we had this same conversation this time last year. The New York Giants are terrible at drafting. If you thought they were bad at football, they're worse at drafting. Um, I don't know what their scouts see in certain players or why they draft them. So with the fourth overall pick, they picked an offensive lineman. Now, I totally agree. The offensive line is important. If you have a generational tackle or a generational piece of an O-line, I think you pick him top five. I think that's important. However... If you're going to do that, there better be a clear, concise, generational offensive lineman in the draft. The same way Quentin, Quentin Nelson was a few years back. Um, there were four pretty good tackles in this year's draft. Um, but there was none that stood well above the rest and should have been picked top five. So the New York Giants took Andrew Thomas at tackle. At the time, Isaiah Simmons was available. That Giants defense is terrible, and Simmons could have fixed so many needs because he plays every single position on the defense. It's the craziest thing we've ever seen. He plays literally every single position. It's obscene. But they took Andrew Thomas. The only reason that I could see them justifying Andrew Thomas, he was the only of the top four guards that didn't get injured. So if Andrew Thomas is your guy, I totally get it. I think you either take Isaiah Simmons and pick a tackle later in the draft, or you trade your pick down. I don't think you can reach for a tackle like the Giants did. I yeah, you can't you can't reach for a tackle like the Giants did. That was just a bad pick. Dave Gettleman highly questionable. Uh, I think there were better tackles in this draft uh, who 
may have been injured a little bit more in college, but I think they'll translate better to the pros. I don't think Andrew Thomas was the way to go here. The uh, Their second-round pick was Xavier McKinney, which I actually didn't mind. Like, they have holes all over that defense, so at least they filled one. Hopefully, Xavier McKinney pans out for them. Uh, yeah. I don't. I think Xavier McKinney. I think Xavier McKinney was an okay pick. Pick the reason the Giants are on this list is because they picked Andrew Thomas at four. I don't know what's with the New York Giants in picking at four. Last year they picked at four. They picked a quarterback that wasn't supposed to go until the second round, and then this time they picked a tackle that wasn't supposed to go until the late first round. The New York Giants in picking at four just doesn't go well together. Okay, the number four loser of the draft and they probably should be higher on this list but I'm a fan of this team so screw you they're going at four the Philadelphia Eagles the Philadelphia Eagles needed a wide receiver and they took one they took a wide receiver in a draft class that was filled with elite talent at wide receiver and they still managed to screw it up and this wasn't even the worst move of the draft for the Eagles but we'll get to that later for now we're going to talk about the fact that they took a 5'11 wide receiver Jalen Rieger when the next pick was Justin Jefferson, a man who won the national championship with the Heisman-winning quarterback, Joe Burrow. So, yeah. There were so many good wide receivers in this class. I get that maybe you couldn't trade up to get one of the top three in Ruggs, CD, or Judy. I totally get that. Uh, I think you ha- you got to take a bigger wide receiver. Jalen Rieger was a special teams player at TCU. He caught a lot of passes. He did not have a thousand, no, I think he had a thousand yard receiving season last year, but in the season he played coming up to the draft, he caught only 600 yards worth of balls for only three touchdowns. Jalen Rieger was not the pick there for the Eagles. Um, Maybe in two, three years time, he pans out, makes me look like an idiot for saying this, but overall, I do not think you take the 5'11 receiver out of Texas Christian University. I think you take the big honking player who just won the national championship with the Heisman winner who smoked cigars after the game. That, yeah, Justin Jefferson, but he wasn't the only big receiver. You had Brandon AQ, who also went after the Eagles pick, who had a great last season at Arizona State, caught like 1,300 yards worth of balls for like 10 touchdowns. AQ was a monster. Jefferson was a monster. And for some reason, they chose to go with the 5'11 boy out of Texas Christian University. Now, You might think that that was the worst thing the Eagles could have done this draft. You would be wrong. They found a way to screw it up even worse. In the second round, they select quarterback Jalen Hurts. I get that Jalen Hurts is a generational talent at quarterback. He almost won the Heisman last year, and if it wasn't for the stacked year we had in college football, when it comes to talent, he might have won it. He uh, almost won a national... He almost won a national championship, starting with Alabama, and then won one, backing up to a tangle by Loa after getting benched at halftime in the national championship game. But uh, you have Carson Wentz. You have your quarterback who you just paid over $100 million. You have your guy. Why are you drafting another quarterback? You know damn well as an NFL general manager that you cannot take You cannot pay two NFL starting quarterbacks on the same roster. Some teams can barely pay one. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they have like $100 in cap space. That's not an exaggeration. They actually have like $100 in cap space, and that's with one generational quarterback. You definitely cannot afford to pay two. Uh, They took Jalen Hurts. 
I don't agree with this pick at all. I don't even see where the pick is coming from. When one of the execs at the Eagles was interviewed after this, they said they wanted to be a quarterback factory. Okay, I don't understand that. Um, they wanted to mock the Taysom Hill formula, which is fine. But Taysom Hill was drafted in like the fourth or fifth round, not the second. You don't pay Taysom Hill no massive signing bonus. You're not planning on paying Taysom Hill like a starting quarterback. Taysom Hill didn't almost win the Heisman. So I don't think uh, I don't think that was smart at all. I think that's a terrible first two rounds of the draft by the Eagles. Uh, I didn't follow the last four rounds. You couldn't have done much. What did you do, get a special teamer? Your big pick was a 5'11 wide receiver out of Texas Christian who didn't even catch a 1,000 yards uh, in his last year and a quarterback when you already have a quarterback who you're paying $100 million on your roster. The third loser of the draft I have is the Las Vegas Raiders. I wrote it as the Oakland Raiders in my notes. It is not. They are the Las Vegas Raiders. I made that audible on the fly. Pretty impressive. Thank you very much. Um, they have, This is a stacked wide receiver class. At the point they were picking, they needed a wide receiver. And there were none that were off the board. They had their pick of any wide receiver in a class that was stacked at wide receiver. And they chose to take Henry Ruggs. I get it. Henry Ruggs is fast. He is nowhere near the best wide receiver in this class. You can debate whether it's Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb, and you can even say Henry Ruggs is the third best ahead of Justin Jefferson, which I still don't believe he is. I think Justin Jefferson is the third best receiver, then A.Q., then Ruggs. I think Ruggs is just a speed guy. I think Oakland is trying to mock the uh, Kansas City Chiefs style, which in hindsight, is a good idea considering they're in their division, but I still think you take the best wide receiver available. I think you either take Judy or you take Lamb if you need a wide receiver. Lamb is fast. He's not Henry Ruggs fast, but he's fast. He's burn your best defensive back fast. I don't understand where they were coming from, but they decided to, for some reason, for whatever reason, they saw something in Ruggs. I just hope they really saw something in Ruggs. Like, Ruggs better be a generational talent after getting drafted ahead of C.D. Lamb and, um, after getting drafted ahead of C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy. Now, I totally agree. Electric personality. I love the fact that he was wearing the old spice robe for that. I love the fact that he was wearing the old spice robe. I love the fact that he was just chilling in his house. Uh, but I don't love the pick by the Oakland Raiders. I think he should have been a later pick as opposed to being 12th overall. But because of that mishap at wide receiver, I have the Oakland Raiders third on my losers list. Let's get down to second. Are any of you surprised? The Chicago Bears. Somehow the Chicago Bears are bad every year and yet never have good draft picks because they trade them all away. The Bears were terrible last year. They didn't even make the playoffs. And they had only one pick in the first two rounds. That is sad. Um, yeah. They, that was tragic. Um, Mitch Trubitsky, who was a top five lottery pick a few years ago, has now been classified as basically terrible. He's useless. They signed Nick Foles. You would think a team with that much turmoil and that many... Uh, that many mistakes in the front office would at least have some good picks, but they don't. They had one pick in the first two rounds. It was in the second round, 
and they took an offensive tackle, Jalen Johnson, out of Utah, which does not even begin to solve their problems. They have no wide receivers. That's an issue. They have eh, they have Big Dick Nick, so I guess you could call that. I guess you could call their quarterback issue solved. But they uh they have no no wide receivers, no running backs, no tight ends, so no weapons for their elite quarterback to throw to, and uh, their defense not their, their defense was good last year. They had Khalil Mack, and then their defense kind of fell off. So I think you would have been better off taking another defensive player to bolster that defense or taking a skill position player. You're in the second round. You might as well take a shot at it. Uh, you can't get much worse than you already are. Instead, they decide to pick an offensive lineman when they clearly don't have their other positions figured out. I don't like that move. The biggest loser, and it's not even close, of the 2020 NFL Zoom draft is the Green Bay Packers. <sighs> okay. The Green Bay Packers have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a once-in-a-generation quarter talent at quarterback. Uh, Aaron Rodgers took them to the NFC Championship game. The Green Bay Packers have not drafted a skill position in 15 years. So there has been very little help for your generational quarterback. And yet year after year, he still brings you to the playoff. He still gives you success in the playoff. He still gives you wins in the playoff. And I would argue he is still very much at the back end. Back end, but I would argue he's still very much at the back end of his prime. The logical decision for the Packers would be to draft any position not named, not quarterback. You draft an O-lineman, okay, you're helping protect your aging quarterback. I could understand that. This is a good offensive lineman draft. They could have picked an offensive lineman. You draft a wide receiver. This was historically maybe the best wide receiver class ever. Maybe get some help for your quarterback who just got you to the NFC Championship game. Nope. Uh, You could draft a halfback. Aaron Jones is there, but you could have a two-headed monster. You could draft somebody on your defense because Raheem Mostert is still running from that NFC Championship game. Raheem Mostert has not stopped running since that NFC Championship game. He had like 200 yards before contact or something ridiculous like that uh, in the NFC Championship game. Maybe draft a defensive player. Maybe a linebacker. Nope. The Green Bay Packers trade up, so they give up draft capital. They trade up in order to move up to 27, I believe, in the draft, 26, maybe even early 20s, where they pick Jordan Love, quarterback. I like Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is an elite quarterback in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is a top 15 to 10 quarterback all time in the NFL, depending on how you see him. This guy's a generational talent. He got you to an NFC Championship game last year, and you could easily argue that he was one piece away from getting you to the Super Bowl last year. You could have addressed that one position in this draft. You could have gotten that one piece, that one piece you were away from getting to the Super Bowl, yet you could have addressed that in the draft. Instead, you take a quarterback who certainly won't play for the next four years, Because Aaron Rodgers has four years left on his contract. And even then, he's Aaron Rodgers. I think he's got something left in the tank. I think that's a terrible move. You're drafting someone who won't be even remotely prevalent for the next four years. And I just can't see... I just can't see that being a a situation you want to be in. Like, you you, you were one game away from the Super Bowl last year. You... 
don't rebuild. You don't take another quarterback. You don't start rebuilding with a new quarterback because you were one piece away. Get your quarterback a skill position for the first time in his entire career. Get your quarterback an offensive line. Build a defense to stop a halfback. There were all these things you could have done, but you didn't. You chose to take a quarterback, which I feel probably puts you even further away from a Super Bowl because now you've pissed off Aaron Rodgers. That's not a man you want to piss off. You definitely want to keep your starting generational talent at quarterback happy, and you don't. I don't quite understand it, but that's what they did. Um, Packers, losers in this draft, man. That was just terrible. Uh, That was hard to watch when they traded up. I was excited for Green Bay fans. I thought, wow, you might take the step that is needed. And then they announced the pick and they said Jordan Love and I was dumbfounded. I don't understand this pick at all. I totally understand the fact that Aaron Rodgers was drafted in the same way. But Aaron Rodgers was a top-touted draft pick. I totally understand if Tua is still available when you get down to your pick and you want to take Tua because Tua is a generational talent. Jordan Love is not that. Jordan Love is projected to be a starter in just that. Maybe he proves us all wrong, but he won't prove us wrong for four years because Aaron Rodgers still has four years left on his contract. So I don't quite understand it, but that's how it went. Uh, Yeah, Green Bay Packers, that was a sad draft. I'm sorry for all you Green Bay Packers fans who has to live with that, but sometimes that's just the way it goes. My team didn't do particularly hot in the draft either. Um, yeah, not, some teams had great drafts and, uh, are primed to make a run next year and others seemingly screwed up their chances at it. Okay. I think that's where we're going to wrap it up for the day. Uh, I hope you all had a great day. I hope this gave you 30, 40 minutes to take your mind off of whatever is going off, whatever is going on in your life. And I hope you all have a beautiful day. Enjoy.